I don't know. I woke up. So, like, I had like 13 hours of sleep over the last four days. Oh, Jesus this. Christ. Damn, boy. So I, I I took like a three hour nap before this, and I really debated just leaving y'all hanging and just like chaining that nap into just going to sleep. But I was like, nah, nah. The raw reunion sucked, and I really need to call that out. <laughs> that's I understand you. That's good. I didn't even watch it. Just out of like I like read what was happening, and I was just like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to see this. I don't. Want- Every reunion episode just convinces me more and more that they just have no new ideas. <laughs> Steve Austin was so fucking drunk. <laughs> and he came out there and he just smashed even more beers. And he smashed so many beers. And he still cut a better promo than half the roster. <laughs> it's called. Blake, it's called autopilot, okay? <laughs> Steve Austin's autopilot is better than half of WWE. Welcome to Five Boys, a weekly podcast about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am the lone sober man on the mountain, the Dylan. Uh, I'm not drunk, but I am one white client, Blake Tanner. I have fallen this far. I'm about a reason to fa- jo- There's a reason Joey Janela says that White Claws are the devil, Blake. Hey, do you want to fucking fight? <laughs> are um, you sober enough to fight? <laughs> And I'm the man who's fucked up enough in the head that Dylan was still like, he's probably drunk at this point, right? There's no way this is just on natural, Scotty. I assume I assume you, you have a mini fridge by your entranceway. You just crack one on your way in from work. <laughs> yep. Um, also, I am your boy who can't type on our fight boys notes, Blake um. Tanner. Just keep just keep it in memory. So, Dylan, you want to just get into how bad Raw Reunion was? Because I watched bits and pieces at work, and God, it was so. So, so here's here's the thing. Um, here's here's the things that let me let me run down this this thing. There were no women's matches. Yep. On this three hour show, um, the only real women who were involved in anything. Were Kelly Kelly and Alundra Blaze, yeah, uh, who were involved in twenty four seven championship bullshit. Uh, DX and the NWO went over the club, yeah, because naturally, because yeah, of course, a hundred, a hundred percent, and proving that the you know that. The writing is just terrible. Steve Austin, uh, as Blake pointed out, got shit-faced and could still cut a better promo because no one tried to write what he was saying because he would have just kicked them in the dick. Like, <laughs> Can I and- just say the weirdest segment was still Sami Zayn coming out and saying the straight stone-cold fact. The Stone Cold damn fact of these episodes always fucking suck because they don't allow us to make superstars who will be good in the future. And then he prompted 
the new Fantastic Four <laughs> reboot of Kurt Angle in a suit, Hurricane Helms, um, fucking RVD. Who was the fourth guy? Cause or uh, and Sergeant Slaughter. Just all coming together in this alliance of gimmicks. It was like the 15-man over-the-top battle royal that Iron Sheik won because he couldn't take a bump. That's what that segment was. By the way, I want you to know, there was one good bit. It was uh, the straight the Superman. Hey, we're putting in eye drops. Hey, where you been? Oh, hanging out with RVD. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was it. You put in eye it. drops? What are you, uh, hanging out with RVD. My favorite is someone pointed out on Twitter how badly Renee wanted to let the audience know she got the weed reference because it cuts back and Corey and Michael are talking and the whole time Renee's just over there going, I understood what they were talking about. Wink. I got it. I understand. We're like, we get it. You're the cool kid, Renee. We know. We already knew that, Renee. Michael Cole doesn't know what a fucking trash can is. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. He definitely knows what a trash can is because I'm pretty sure he made the call that is definitely a trash can. Yeah, yeah. That's that's gotta be a trash can. My My god! God, That's a trash can! That's a trash can! That trash can had a family. (laughs) Mamma mia! It's a trash can! So, before we get into the epic tale that was me and Blake's trip to Nashville, which consisted of four hours of driving, actually eight combined hours of driving for me, and then probably three hours spent in Nashville for all of it, I do want to say the most Fight Boys-ass humor I've ever seen, and it's when Chris Jericho was talking about getting the thumbtacks pulled out of him after the match against Dean Ambrose, because <laughs> he they he literally went to the back, after getting bumped into the thumbtacks, and goes, get the camera, get the camera, and some blue chew, and Omaha steaks. <laughs> and he goes, I want you to count each individual one that was inside. And so they pulled it out, they go like, one, two, three, four, and then they eventually get to 68 tacks were in this man's body. And Jericho goes, oh, okay, that's interesting. Sits down, and a fucking thumbtack on a chair gets him in the ass and he just pulls it out and is like 69 we did it that's so stupid fucking Chris damn it 69 tags and now speaking of tags turbo tags is the best way for you to do ZipRecruiter.com if you need someone to come do your taxes. I would also like to say thanks to the only legend who put anybody over uh, on the reunion, um, Mick Foley, who got attacked by Bray. That was a dope-ass segment, and I hope he keeps using the mandible claw like under a different name, Mm because it is a vicious move when you don't put a sock on your hand to do it. Yeah, and And you know, it's, it's the puppet fucker. Yeah. Listen here, Muppet fucker. (laughs) (laughs) I also really enjoyed what happened tonight on uh, SmackDown where Finn Balor came out and was just like, they were like, Finn, how do you react to being attacked by Bray Wyatt? And Finn, with the quote of the year, is just like, well, I don't know with this new Bray Wyatt. What with the poopits and the fiend? (laughs) (laughs) And then he challenges Bray to a match and he's like, 
I'm here, Bray. What do you want? And then fucking Firefly Funhouse music starts up and it cuts to normal Bray Wyatt, which means we are getting the multiple personality gimmick that I knew we needed for this. Wait, like Swamp Man Bray Wyatt? <laughs> so, swamp, no, it was Sister Abigail, for real. Uh. Yeah, they finally let him debut. And then Finn's gonna dress up like a fucking pumpkin demon and it'll work perfectly. Yep. Um, by the way, uh, just announced a few hours ago, new match for All Out, uh, Darby Allen versus Joey Janela versus Jimmy Havoc. Are you ready to watch a bunch a, of people hard, die? In, in a hard, is it just announced as a hardcore match, or are we just assuming that's where it's going? <laughs> I think we're just assuming it. Okay. I'm pretty sure we already know what's gonna happen. Also, the latter like, match is apparently between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros for the AAA tag titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, that good dude I mean, shit. I feel like that Janela match is going to be like how we assumed every match at GCW would be. Because, like, two guys, the opening for the show, and we'll talk about full show later, was a man named Blake, which Blake popped huge for, versus another big scary man. And at one point, they just pulled out a door and chairs. And I'm like, I don't know if this is a hardcore match or if they're just like, fuck it, it's fine. I think that was the moment that Gazi said, Dude, this is GCW. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we saw man- men get flung into poles <laughs> at many Man, other ridiculous we need- spots. We're going to talk about the pole. God, the pole was used so well. I'm trying to see if there's anything else in the notes. Oh, um, I am campaigning harder than ever to get us to perform at StarCast because... CM Punk is coming to Starcast. CM Punk is going to be a fucking Starcast. I mean, to be fair, he he lives right there. It's like, that's just free money for him, isn't it? Actually, here, here, while we're we're there, Scotty, how does it feel to know that you outlasted your mortal enemy in the business, Colt Cabana? (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy! We beat the art of wrestling! Well, we we gotta make it for like seven more years now. I don't know if you guys actually listened to that final episode, but he was at the very end just like, and fight, boys, you did it. (laughs) I'm out of the business. You're welcome. It was a very strange moment for other people, but I understood. Shut the fuck up. That didn't happen on mine. Scotty, did you get a special... I got, did you get a special I RSS feed? Scotty, did you take special. the episode, edit the audio of you saying that <laughs> into the end just so you could have like a little wank-off moment, you fucking weirdo? No, no, well, it was more complimentary. He was like, well, as a 15-year veteran oh, shut of the this fuck business. Up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so... Yeah, me and uh, Blake, do you have the card pulled up for Lights Out so we can kind of go match? So me and Blake went to our first ever GCW show this weekend, and um, holy fuck, a lot of shit happened. I'm trying to find um, the card because I thought it was on the live thread that I was reading. Um, Well, a lot of it changed because Janela got injured, so like, man. Yeah, he broke his dick. He did come out at the opening of the show and was like, look how far Joey Janela has fallen. I've broke my dick and I can't wrestle tonight. And then uh, he got on commentary at one point. Okay, let's just talk about the venue while you try to find the card. I I have the card. 
Oh, oh you found it? Good. <laughs> Dylan's going to be questioning us, like, what was this one like? I was going to I was going to yeah. say you just kind of you go to cage match you scroll yeah. down it's like the 7th event down But listen um, anything and when I go outside of Reddit it's like it's everything Is Marco new to Stunt me. still alive? Okay, hold, we'll get to that shit because firstly as was as we stated before the show started just between us this was the most strict venue policy I've ever seen in my entire life in that I don't think there was a policy. There was just a sad little man who told everybody that you can't bring shit in because... And he had two burly guys that didn't give a fuck that just said sorry. Oh, at one point they were like, I know we're working, but let's go get some beers. And I'm like, yeah, security. Dude, you know how we were at the end of the line and there's probably like five people behind us and they're like... Shit, it's hot out here. We're not carding anyone else. Get the fuck in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have easily got in, like, scot-free to get alcohol. But, yeah, Gazi, because he's a weird little goth asshole, was trying to bring in these metal fucking claws that go on your fingers. These little, like, imagine imagine 2003 Hot Topic. This is the kind of shit they would Listen, have. Listen, <laughs> I have a set of those. Just because sometimes I get a Boston butt and I want to tear that bad boy apart. <laughs> Blake uses it to make barbecue. But yeah, the guy looks at Gazi and is like, hey man, um, I'm sorry. If this wasn't a wrestling show, I would probably... Actually, you know what? Even if it wasn't a wrestling show, that's fucking ridiculous. Don't bring that shit in. Actually, Gazi, I'm pretty sure you could have gotten away with it if you said, no, no, it's part of the show. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so we are now walking to the venue, and we see a small, sad man walking towards us, and it's Gazi, and he's just like, they won't let me bring my claws in. And I was like, well, hopefully they'll let us bring our claws in, because me and Blake made the executive decision to buy... I, a- <laughs> I had no part in this. Don't drag buy- me under the bus with you. <laughs> to buy a 12-pack of white claws and deliver them to Joey Janela. And uh, at intermission, we walked over to Joey and went, hey, man, we got you some white claws. Where do we need to bring them? And it was so hectic and busy. And people are just running up to Joey asking for pictures. He's like, hey, man, just uh, I don't know. Hey, Greg, I don't know what the guy's name was. Greg, come here. Where do they need to bring the claws? And he was like, can you get to the back, the back alley? And I'm like, that sounds sketchy as fuck. I don't think we can. And finally, Joey just goes, just tell them it's for the wrestlers and bring it through the front. And we tried that and little tiny boy was promptly like fuck no you can't bring white claws in what the fuck are you talking about and we we're like no damn it okay fine so yep. and that was how we ended up with a box full of white claws that were evenly distributed between me you and gazi and i still haven't cracked into one blake would you like to give a review of the lime white claw a uh, natural lime white claw is actually pretty good yeah. Surprisingly. So, show For starts. alcoholic water. Yeah. So, show starts, and me and Blake realize that because we got in there last, we've somehow ended up right in the entranceway, meaning that if you watch the replay on Fight TV, we're in every fucking entrance there is. Bringing down the quality of the entire broadcast. <laughs> God damn right, but now we we got that exposure, baby. 
Right, but that exposure also links you to Ghazi, so... Mm. Mm. It's alright, he's only there about a third of the time. That's it's breaking even. Bad enough. Yeah, so... Uh, so, show starts, first match well, is really Blake. quick, we didn't, we didn't go over this, but, like, the bar, like you said, was on the other side of the venue from us. Yeah. And there were 200 people tightly packed into, like, 50 feet of space. So, yeah. getting to the bar was impossible. Yeah. Which I think me and you both were thinking about and never said it out loud. Both of us were like... I'd like a drink, but God, that's a lot of fucking people. And also, imagine, um, if you will, the ring that they'd set up in the middle of the venue, and then the uh, air ducts that were about uh, 10, 11 feet above the ring. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which Easily you- in man-touching distance. Well, face-touching distance, because in the first match, fuck, finally we got there. It was Blake Christian versus some big motherfucker. Do you KTB. Have a- okay. And at one point, fucking Blake is running at him, and he just picks him up, and Blake face like face slams into the air duct, falls onto the ground, then he tosses him out of the ring onto the pole, Blake grabs onto the pole, crawls up the pole, and then like just drops off of it. So in we talked a little bit about the pole, but right next to the ring, like about two feet away from one side of the ring, there is this mm-hmm. metal ass eye beam. Like Dave Meltzer at a PWG show. Like, just (laughs) right up on that ring. Right there. It's a support beam, and they tease it a couple of times before um, Blake went flying right into it. And you're like, oh, they're gonna do it. Uh, Also, a couple things I found out. Uh, Blake Christian, he's um, newer. Like, he's not debuted that long ago. Well, this was his debut match for GCW. Yes. Um, but he's pretty green everywhere else, too. But yeah. he was pretty good. Oh, he was amazing. Yeah. Um, like, and I then, was very surprised. And he's going to, I think he's a. I think he's someone to watch out for. And then the second match happened. Blake, would you like to give us the combatants in the second match? Who I will not, I will not refer back to their names. <laughs> no, it is fine. So, the three-way tag team fuckery match. God. Violence is forever. Yes. Um, by Ke- or, uh, formed with Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini. Are those guys like mm-hmm. Nick Gage's understudies? <laughs> um, maybe. The Carnies, of course, Nick Iggy and Carrie Awful. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a fun chant that they did where everybody started yelling six. And I was very confused. Yep, but I did it too. And my favorite two... The, the redneck, rejects. The redneck boys. The, red, the redneck boys, also known as the rejects, John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley, who entered to probably the... What would you say their entrance music was, Scotty? Because it was not what I was expecting when I came to a wrestling show. It was some good old school light happy country music, which was. Did a they f- come into chicken fried? Is that what happened? No, <laughs> no, it was like a. <laughs> I'm down on the country yeah. and I'm sitting on so- the porch and then I'm. 
Sipping so, some sweet tea, and yeah, now so I'm a very sleep. good large ma- amount of that match we didn't see because it was in the ring, but that's okay because of the <laughs> beginning of the match we saw a fucking lot of because they all decided to start having. I had a chair thrown at me, <laughs> I was a chair thrown at me, wait, wait, knocked wait. over wait. by two people who had fallen into me. Uh, Blake, I, for the record, you deserved it. Um, yeah, and at one point they pull out a Toy Story four bucket of thumbtacks and just start beating the shit out of people well, with it. Actually, the rejects entered with that bucket full of thumbtacks, and as they entered, they started hitting the bucket with their bat that was covered in um, barbed bar wire. wire that I don't know if it was ever used or not, and none of the tacks made it to the ring really. They made it into our shoes. That, that bucket, uh, they got that at McDonald's with their Happy Meals for their kids, so you just leave them alone. <laughs> yep. Um, so, anyway, let me let me give a little bit more detail. At one point, there was a man at our feet. Yes. And I see him scrambling to touch his forehead, and I'm like, what's the boy doing? And then I see a razor blade just thrown by my feet, and... Heaps of blood, blood. just um, pouring. The most, I it was the most hectic blade job I'd ever seen, and it was hilarious. Yep. Um, Kevin, holy shit, Kevin Koo, the guy that uh, did the blade job, he was born in Birmingham, Alabama. Hey, there we go, baby. <laughs> holy shit, Kevin. So they Thanks. had a the legacy of the legacy of disappointment continues for the city yep. of Birmingham. Um, so, it started out with these two guys, Violence is Forever and the Rejects. They spent most of the match outside the ring at our feet, bashing each other over, each, bashing each other over the head with these chairs that I'm pretty sure were not meant to be used in that fashion because they were very thick wooden chairs. Oh yeah, they were like wooden deck chairs. <laughs> And what, at one point, one of the good redneck boys gets hit in a bad way with these chairs, and his head is just all blood. Yeah. Um, so, I, I hate to cut you off, but we do need to fast forward because we're already running over. Um, right. Next match was Effie versus Orange Cassidy in a match of the year fucking and candidate. it was sexy. It was gorgeous. I was like, I know Orange Cassidy's shtick. There's no way that he could keep doing great matches. No, it was fucking beautiful. Yeah, and at, you were fucking wrong, you piece of shit. How does at, that feel? At one point, Effie shoves his hands in Orange Cassidy's pants, and the whole crowd is chanting, You sick fuck! You sick fuck! Earlier and, uh, in the match, Effie pulled Orange Cassidy's hands out of his pockets, Mm-hmm. And everyone started chanting, you fucked up! Yep. And then the, uh, after some really great dick spots happen, the finish A happens. lot of dick spots. Oh, yeah. And then the finish happens when Orange Cassidy sips the orange juice to spit it in Effie's eyes, and instead, Effie open mouth kisses him and just sucks the orange juice out, spits it in his eyes and gets the pin. A clip that I sent to my wife and she went, this is what you went to see today. And I said, yes. Yes. It was great. 
Um, I also afterwards. Yeah, afterwards, o- Orange was asked on a coffee date by Effie, and they left holding each other's hands, and it was the greatest moment of my entire life. Yes, it was very nice. Um, I that was one of my favorite matches for how short it was. Oh no, that was match of the night for me. It was easily match of the night. There's one that might slightly top it, but we'll get so, to that. Yeah, after that, Tony Deppin versus Rich Swan. Um, and this was the moment that made me realize as I was talking to Scotty after the show, oh yeah, I forgot that Rich doesn't work for WWE anymore. What's he been doing? Oh, and he he fucking milked the all night long entrance. He oh was my going God. around the whole fucking tiny ass building singing all night long with everybody. His entrance was better than the damn match. Now, you say that. Until... Until they leave the building. No, just Tony. Just Tony leaves the building and then re-enters on a fucking bird scooter. Bird scooter. Which is great callback for us because on our way in, we saw all the bird scooters and we're like, how does this actually work? And How do you pay for this? And we got more confused as it was brought into a building for Tony Deppin to scoot around the whole ring and then hit an elbow strike and then get super kicked off the scooter. But He did uh, run into Rich Swan with the scooter at one point. Yeah. It was good. But other than that, I would say not. It, it was it was a Rich Swan match, so it, it happened. <laughs> would you like to skip to the end where Marco Stunt died? No, um, the three-way match, Mance Warner versus Matthew Justice, or as we know, Momoa Curry. This motherfucker looks just like Jason Momoa. We'll, we'll probably... Just like him. Yeah. Matthew Justice, you need to start milking this and become called Drogo. Oh yeah, this whole time, the crowd's making fun of him for it, we're not taking him seriously, and then he starts jumping off his shit and like flying through the air, and we went, oh shit, okay, I'm down with Matthew Justice. Yeah, he was definitely the dark horse and probably the breakout dude, because... Mance Warner, of course. Um, it's just kind of like he and- hey, Scott. You remember? You remember years ago we were at an Impact show and there was that one guy there that looked a lot like Doc Gallows. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we chanted it, and I and and and, and I said something, and he death glared all of us. Yep. <laughs> Um, after that was a scramble match. Um, well, also- well, hold on. Also, I love how we're not bringing up the third man in that match who brought the most confusing moment of the night. Oh, his name is um, Brett Isom. Yeah, it's Brett like- Isom, who's a huge, apparently huge in Nashville, rest like the deathmatch scene. Like very big local guy, which everybody but us popped for. Oh no, no, I popped without knowing who he was. I was like, right. fuck yeah. He's here! Once you get that return energy, though, it's hard not to pop, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, So, after that was a, a seven-man fuckfest. Well, a seven-man six fuckfest, thank you, sir. Six-way. Six-man, yeah. six one-woman in the form of Alley Cat. And that was an all-right match. Logan Stunt got to get just fucked up around oh, the hey, ring. How, how is Logan Stunt uh, doing as a wrestler? Oh, he was behind us for most of the show. <laughs> yeah, he was chilling. Did you look behind him and be like, so how many bitches you end up fucking in Vegas? Like <laughs> you call you get the you get those girls to call you back. <laughs> also, it made me realize that everybody that ha- looks like Jeff Hardy has to do Jeff Hardy things, 
Because yeah. I'd never really seen Alex Zane before. And that's what I'm like. It's like, ah, if you do put the big holes in your ears and dye your hair purple, you do have to fly. Yeah. So uh, after that, was that the death match that Ghazi got so hyphy for that we didn't know who it was? By the way, great idea for a future gimmick. Guy that looks like a Jeff Hardy ripoff wrestler. Straight shooter. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, Jimmy Lloyd versus Marcus Crane. Um, well, I want you to know, I looked Ma- on the thing and I saw Jimmy and I was like, holy shit, Jimmy, ha- uh, Jimmy Lloyd, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Oh, Jimmy Lloyd, by the way, you ever see a guy and immediately go, that guy's a great baby face? Because, like, Jimmy Lloyd just has this kind of, like, connectability about him and then he promptly got beat the fuck out of. Oh, God. This was a match that involved, um... Somebody fucks some, somebody fucks somebody else's girlfriend in the locker room and has to pay for it. That's what. No, I mean, um, there was a board that they just got one of them that Jimmy got slammed through that was just a board and it had cut in half aluminum cans attached to yeah. it. Yeah, it just got smashed into it, and one of the cans crumpled and it was attached to his shirt for the rest of the match, even as he was walking out. And then uh, one of the boards where they take those things that you put on put on your roof to prevent birds from landing up there, whatever those are called, that was all over one board. And I think Jimmy went through both of those. No, 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 no. Jimmy went through the barbed wire one. This this is fucking buckwild. Let's move to the next match. Just a lot of bu- brutal shit I happened. Don't- I don't want to, though. Oh, that's right. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Skip the next match. We're going to talk ad nauseum about the next match during the heel segment. Okay, so the GCW heavyweight title, Nick Gage versus Marco Stunt. Who doesn't qualify to be a heavyweight anything. Marco died. I have never wanted a man to win a match more than I wanted Marco Stunt to beat Nick Gage that night. Like... And it was bad because, like, the whole crowd's like, MDK, MDK, Nick, Nick, Nick fucking Gage. And I'm just like, Marco, Marco. Well, no, but, the, 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 the energy shifted. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a point where Marco was getting a lot of, like, good offense in, and he screamed, I'm going to win this fucking title with his mom right over there. And I'm like, what's your language? <laughs> did, did Nick Gage yeah. promptly murder him after he said that? Dude, I'll be honest, I'm less afraid of Nick Gage after that match. Because I was expecting a lot more brutality from Nick, but Nick was just seemed like a normal Tuesday. Meanwhile, Marco has got, like, the velvet rope that they're using to block off the VIP, quote-unquote, area, and choking Nick with it, and then, like, screaming, I'm gonna win this fucking belt. And I'm like, alright, baby. And then I think Nick won with, like, a pile driver into a power bomb combination, and he that was it. He did something before the pile driver. What was it? Rolling elbow. Maybe uh, that that uh, might have no, been it. No, he broke his fucking neck. Just <laughs> snapped it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was a good. I'd probably say match of the night for me was either the Mance match oh, or the Effie match. Yeah, because I just remembered what Mance did after the match. Because Gazi just reminded me, Mance did crowd surf. Yes. Crowd surfing in a sea of fans. And speaking of crowd surfing, let's talk about crowdsourcing. This show is brought to you by fans like you. And Omaha Steaks. Stop. 
So make sure, if you want to support this show, you can on patreon.com slash a load of BS. It's the website where you get access to our exclusive show, You Paid for This, where me and Blake watch terrible movies and commentate over it. You get access to our Discord, where you can hang out, chat with us every time we go live. You get a notification on your phone, and you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like that motherfucker Gazi. And also some cool perks, like maybe we give you four white claws because we don't know what to do with them. And that's all if you help us out at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Now, Dylan, Blake has abandoned us. Who are we tweeting this week? Because I did tweet Chuck earlier today, just because why not? But uh, I, I feel like we need to need someone else. Um, are we going to go strictly G1 people? I mean, you, you, you really could. Have you, have you tweeted Jeff Cobb? Oh, no, no, because I enjoy the life and the blood that's inside of me, and I don't want it out of me. What the fuck you talking about? Yeah, boy. <laughs> Another claws up, baby. Claws up. I got my claws out. Claws up, it's claws me and out. Now. It's now. It's like me and Gazi. We both got our claws out tonight. Here, just just tweet at White Claw and be like, how does it feel to be like the official drink of of uh? Of, like, Trash Town Wrestling. <laughs> I'm just gonna say being the official beverage of independent wrestling. I even saw the other day, like, I've seen an inordinate amount, like, of people tweeting with White Claws that are involved in wrestling. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a big deal, baby. They love it. Uh, so, how is the G1 going? Because as far as the prediction series... We're pretty even. Blake and me are tied at 34 points, and Dylan's catching up at 30. The f- You made up so much lost ground, Dylan. I told you. Yeah. I told you. I was really worried about the beginning, but, like, it normally, it normally evens out yeah. to an extent. Um, I, had, I don't know. I've been, uh, like, dating, so I, I haven't had a chance to be a nerd. <gasps> Hey, so have I. Yeah. Except, uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that. You're a nice guy. Um, I'm not going to. I could be a horrible person. I could come. Don't make me come back, Dylan. I, I remember those days of dating and excess and alcohol. Now I'm just an old married fool with a baby. <laughs> Who also uh, d- drinks too much and <laughs> <laughs> takes his wife on weird dates and she posts pictures of you driving in a furry hoodie embarrassing yeah. you in the whole public yeah um so i do want to ask you guys how does it feel to have no question. control over your public image is that fun oh i control it all and i make sure to i add in those little moments of goofiness to let people know i'm relatable anyway i can photoshop a unicorn onesie on anybody don't test <laughs> me i want you to know scotty nobody looks at the clothes you wear and go oh he's relatable except crazy people <laughs> crazy people and maybe joey janella homeless mag- maybe joey janella actually no no, no. Just, yeah. just homeless magicians isn't that what Joey Janelle no. is? Yeah. So, I need to ask you guys, what are your heels and baby faces of the week? And I want to start with baby faces, because the heel discussion will go lengthy, Blake. Yeah. Uh, you guys start. I forgot that baby faces existed. Uh, so my baby <laughs> face is, uh, is Colt Cabana, 
who recently stopped doing his, his, his podcast for, you know, kind of making it so we could have this show considering he kind of started this. Uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that given how salty Scotty is every week, which is why, you know, we should probably, you know, get him in to check his cholesterol. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, granted, whenever he changed the format a couple of years ago, I stopped really listening or caring or paying attention, but like some of my favorite uh, on the bright side, our fourth guests, we're going to announce them next week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so like some of my favorite, um, like just wrestling related things were just his interviews. Like I learned, I learned about so many people that are like big now, like Champa. Like sit down with yeah. like like people like that where I was just like like a DJ Z and shit where I was just well like, oh. it also like showed a better side like this without art of wrestling Doc Gallows would not be as dope as he fucking is the, the or, truth or martini even, like, the truth martini one oh yeah oh. truth um fucking Mister eighteen fifty nine fuck uh, Cliff Cliff Compton Cliff Compton baby yeah yeah I I will say um that I I liked what he did when he changed the format, but it was definitely not what I would say as interesting as listening to, like, a full interview show. Yeah. And he said that if and when he does the podcast again, which it, it's not regular, which is his big, which was the big part of his announcement, but, like, he's gonna do, hopefully, more like the old school art of wrestling shows. I think it was more that, like, yeah. after a while, it was just like, I can't find the time with everything I'm yeah. doing to sit down and do, like, a regular yeah. one. Because it's like, he's got to do that, he's got to edit it, he's got to put it he's out. He's doing shit for, for ROH, mm-hmm. he's doing shit for, like, whatever else. It's. I wonder if this was something that was brought on by the fact that he was laid up for just, like, two or three weeks recently. <sighs> yeah. You know, he was he was looking at his mortality... <laughs> the fact that he's had to deal with CM Punk for the last year, and he was just like, "Man, life." Mm. Well, and, which interestingly enough is one of like the most well-known wrestling podcast episodes ever. It's a turning point in media. That's how. That's how like popular and how like influential that one podcast was. I mean, he he talks about how it really fucked him over because he could never talk to WWE guys again. Uh, Oh, that's right. Because before that, like, he had ones with, like, Dean and, like, other people, and they were really good. His Dean Ambrose one, like, one of my... The Dean one was very good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Dean talked about, like, yeah, dude, I don't really like any of this stuff. Like, I I miss... Like, he talked about he did miss indie wrestling, and it was just like, I don't know, man, like... I just do me. <laughs> You're doing a pitch perfect Dean Ambrose interview impression, by the way. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So tell me about it, Dean. I don't. Man, I. Speak up. I don't. <laughs> by the way, uh, John Moxley did, uh, in the latest Road to All Out, talk about how he's doing the G1 uh, so that he can learn learn Kenny Omega. Oh yeah, yeah, that was really, really. I was cool. just like, yeah, oh, bringing in, bringing in that experience. Also, Tully Blanchard is a is a heel manager for Sean Spears, and I did not oh, yeah, fucking yeah. see that coming. Well, right? this, this actually ties into my baby face of the week, and he's a baby face because, he, well, he's a heel, but he's a baby face because I never, I always did consider Sean Spears a good hand. Yeah, you are the heel. Good job. 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, but then, like, the promo he cut last week with JR, he was charismatic. He was a fucking asshole. Like, every single bit of that promo was so perfectly done to make you hate him. And it was the moment I realized, like, oh, fuck, he could be heavyweight champion of any promotion if they would, like, put the trust in him. And that's the thing. It's like, he was... I will say, to me, pretty mediocre until he found his groove. And that's the thing that you need in wrestling. You need to give people the ability to find their groove. Yeah. And his and groove his is, is an, an asshole. And his groove is in Tully Blanchard. <laughs> so I, I do kind of like they're reigniting the flair, or not the flair, but like the horseman dusty feud with this, which I'm really enjoying. So, yeah, that's my baby face of the week is Sean Spears. That asshole. Nice. Um... My baby face of the week is specifically Stone Cold Steve Austin when he's drunk. <laughs> and when he comes out after the show. If only he had ridden... And if he starts he... to run the ropes. And he starts. And he, he stops halfway in the ring and he stumbles. And he's like, oh, damn it, I gotta get my bearings. Alright, I'm gonna do this shit again. And he runs the ropes perfectly. He's like, ah, that's what I'm missing there. Give me... And then he pounds 67 beers. <laughs> In a row. <laughs> with with Lillian Garcia there going, like, beer for beer. Thir thir yeah, thir yeah, yeah. 37. In, in a row? But now let's get into heels of the week. Dylan, you need physically to go first. Okay, that's fine. So... Seth Rollins is the most insufferable, like, <laughs> lead man of a company I think I've I've had to deal with in my lifetime. Because while John Cena's, like, babyface reign of terror literally turned me off of wrestling for, for five years, six years. Yeah. And while Roman Reigns, hey, listen, I permanently have this rocket shoved up my ass. Killed multiple WrestleManias for me, and like is why I don't watch WWE now. Seth Rollins is the most insufferable human being oh. I've ever had to see be the face of the WWE. Because while while like John Cena was like the face of being a decent human being while also being a wrestler, and while Roman Reigns, despite being booed out of literally every building he walked into for. Five years. He, he was a decent guy, yeah. though. He's a good decent. guy. Joe, Joe, Joe's, a, Joe's a good guy. Um, Seth Rollins <laughs> has managed to both, like, irritate, anger, and disappoint me multiple times by just being an unnecessarily petty, immature, whiny douche. And... I've... If if Becky and if Becky could dump him in the ring after the main event in like a Maria Canellis, Mike Canellis esque situation where she just like <laughs> like just just be like I'm the man and then she just like apparently has been having like cheating on him with like some chick that'd be perfect that would be the only yeah. thing that can redeem this and if 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 while doing it she calls him Colby because fuck that name. And he just walks out. Like, I can't tell you every time he goes in an interview and he just manages to stick his foot farther in his own mouth. Oh, yeah. It's impressive. He's so obsessed with being the face of the company and feeling like he has to battle off everyone that he's killing every ounce of goodwill he's built up over six years. Which, yeah. interestingly enough, has 
more often than not taken the form of just bashing the fuck out of John Moxley. I really think he. I really think he doesn't understand how much less popular he is. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I read an interview where it was like, it's because I'm dating Becky Lynch. And imagine if you have a crush on someone and then the, someone starts dating him, you're probably not going to like that person. So that's why they don't like me. I'm like, no, Seth, that's not it. No, you're wrong. No, it's, it's really it's really not. Back when you guys were dating and like before that, we were just like, oh, good for good for them. They they deserve each other. Mm-hmm. And then you opened your whiny little mouth. And I've never wanted someone to real life super kick another human being so much. I also feel like it's it's an asshole move where, like, the, <laughs> you getting shit-talked a little bit on Twitter, that's your bad thing. Renee Young literally got death threats oh, when yeah. it came out that she was dating Dean. Come on, now. Don't even Listen, throw I need your you own to, I need you to party. Not, I need you to not wave your white... What, your uh, your male privilege as a flag in front of everybody mm-hmm. and then expect sympathy... Especially after you dated a Nazi, you fuck. (laughs) Also, if, like, he would come out after saying these things and put on the performances that he's talking about, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Instead, he apparently gave a shit promo for seven minutes on Monday. Oh, it was so bad! Thank you for the opportunity, because... He did the thing where he tries to make fun of Brock Lesnar and how Paul Heyman says Brock Lesnar... But his voice goes into heel Seth real quick, and he's like, Brock Lesnar, he's a fucking goof. And then he ends up by being like, Brock Lesnar's a Seth Rollins wannabe. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. Because A, Brock Lesnar is more accomplished than you, and B, he started wrestling before you. And C, when he tries, he's actually better at wrestling than you. He's also three of you mashed together. Like and also co- I would I would like to say from an actual storytelling standpoint, Seth for the longest time it felt like his whole thing was shit talking Brock because he didn't show up because he wasn't worthy because like Seth has been there forever because he was doing everything. On Monday night that all turned into Brock. Yeah, where that, where Brock like, Lesnar. I mean, I'm still stuck on, like, what is he doing in your mind, Seth, that makes you think that he wants to be you, other than wanting the championship, which everyone does! There is no way Brock Lesnar wants to be anybody else than Brock fucking Lesnar, by the way. I can say with 100%, like, confidence and certainty that I do not want the WWE Universal Championship. You can keep it. (laughs) It's cursed, yeah, and it looks like a giant Twizzler. I don't give a shit about yeah. it. Also, uh, before we move on to me and Blake's heel of the week, I do want to say Seth gave the worst I've got two words for you suck it of all time because his voice went all high and nasally and he was like, I've got two words for you. Suck it. <laughs> Seth, I'm you... Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go fast. Actually... Actually, you know what? I would like Seth Rollins 100% more if he started making Sonic the Hedgehog references. Actually, yeah. better question. How has, how has Xavier Woods managed to hold off the urge to have the New Day come out as Knuckles, Sonic, and Tails? How has that yeah. not happened yet? I'm amazed that they haven't 
done that before. Yeah. But uh, let's get into me and Blake's heel of the week. Blake, would you like to begin the story of why of why this man became a heel so quickly? Okay, so, and I will start out because this is going to get to my 50-50, like, the good portion of it. Yes. Um, the final match, or not the final, the penultimate match yes. of the GCW Lights Out show was Nate Webb, bless his heart. I love versus, Nate Webb. Versus Tracy fucking Smothers. And I was so hyphy when Tracy Smothers came out. And then at one point, Nate gets on. And Nate's big entrance is everyone singing Teenage Dirtbag. And so, like, he's on the bar. It was a really dope visual. And then they made the biggest mistake you can make in the independent wrestling industry. They gave Tracy Smothers a microphone. Well, they did, yeah. So Tracy Smothers comes out to what I think was... The worst song that I'd heard that night. Ugh. No, no, no. It was a, it was a Hank Williams. It was one of those Hank Williams. I'm from the South, and if it was if the South had won, things would be better, or something like that. It was that was basically it. Um, he comes out with his daughter. No, nope, it's legit. His daughter, by the way. Oh shit! He comes out with his daughter, and his daughter's got this huge rebel flag that she's waving around, and um. He starts to cut a promo, and he barely spends any time on that promo on Nate, Yeah, because he turns around and takes it to Joey Janela, and it's actually really good, the shit he's talking to Joey Janela. Okay, well, no, 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 before he does that, at one point, and throughout multiple times during this, the crowd would pipe up, and he'd be like, quiet, I'm trying to work, except two times he decided to drop the F-bomb that you never drop. F2G's and a T. Which prompted me to pull out my phone and tweet, I want, I've never thought I'd say this, but I want Effie to come kick Tracy's mother's ass. And then we were promptly retweeted with the caption, I'd beat that old man's ass any day. Now, the first time he did it, I will say it was right in the middle of the promo. Somebody who'd been piping up and heckling him, and he um, threw that at them. And it was met with probably the biggest heat that I'd seen all night. Yeah. But the crowd was still into it. Yes. Because it it was the moment that's just like, oh, he went there. And I've never seen someone so blatantly as a heel search for chance. Because he was just like, y'all all hate my daughter. Y'all probably won't be chanting whore, whore. And he's getting the crowd to like call his daughter a whore and a slut. And I felt uncomfortable. Well, he knew how to do it too, which yep. was the weird thing. He and, knew it would happen. And then he starts going after, no, then he starts talking about how awesome Jim Cornette is. Um, yes, because we did not mention earlier when Joey came out to give his intro speech, where the moment where he just says, and to, you know what, we're here to have fun, we're here to have a good time, and we're here to say, fuck Jim Cornette. Oh, no, no, he was like, how many people here love Jim Cornette? And then everyone started booing. But yeah, he starts, Tracy starts talking about how awesome Jim Cornette is, and then starts running down Joey, and then a stray white claw just rushes into the ring, and then a big-ass bottle of water, and then Joey rushes the ring and starts screaming at Tracy Smothers. No, no, he does not do that. 
until after the line. Oh, said. yeah, because uh, he made... Was the line, fuck White Claws? Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the line where Tracy says, like, Joey starts mouthing off from the commentary table for a bit. Yeah. After um, Tracy starts talk, shit-talking him. And then he turns around to Joey and he says, I don't know what you're talking about, because you're the only man who would have made Enzo Amore a baby face. Yeah, and then everyone starts promptly booing. Joey gets in the ring, and then Joey saves the segment because... Uh, <laughs> I, we're cutting out 15 to 20 minutes of Tracy Smothers talking, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's That should be understood. And at one point, J- Tracy was just like, Well, why is this guy trying to fuck my daughter? You trying to fuck my daughter? Then Joey runs up into the crowd, up the stairwell, and starts stripping... <laughs> And then Tracy goes. No, he does that in between, um, because he uh, Tracy's still shit talking about uh, his fight with Enzo. Yeah. So and then- Joey does the thing that he does in the video, basically, where he's got his fists up, but he's backpedaling through the audience. I oh, thought yeah. it was very hilarious. Yeah. So then he pipes up. Say, and he's like, listen, say say what you want to about Joey Janela and all of his faults and like his like fall from he is amazingly self aware. Oh, yeah, yeah. So then Tracy goes, why are you wanting to fuck my daughter if everyone here is calling her a slut and a whore? And Joey just goes, hey, and starts thrusting, strips off all his clothes, rushes in the ring, and then does the Ric Flair elbow drop from that Nitro episode. And then (laughs) Joey returns to commentary with no pants on. No, there were he well no, he went back, put on his clothes and fans started taking pictures of him in the nude like selfieing with him and then Tracy keeps talking on. Yeah. And then Tracy keeps talking for and you remember how the Janella breakfast seemed like it went on forever and also seemed too short? That's how the Tracy promo went but without seeming too short. It just seemed it like got so much worse the longer it went on. If it had stopped honestly, it, if it had stopped and the match had started when Joey ran through the crowd yeah. backpedaling with his fists up, it would have been a really good segment. It went on for almost three times that long. This summer, two men save the world. From who you ask? Everything invading robo-penises. This show is not about those two men. (laughs) This show's just a load of BS. The show are Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore make up dumbass movies like that we're your personal think tank we're your two white guys which fills the quota for a Mm -hmm. podcast i think and we're just gonna be here to have a good time and talk about sauerkraut that's right except no substitutes ladies and gentlemen because this is that pure uncut yes (laughs) good good uncut well, boys, we've been talking for an inappropriately long amount of time, I would say, about pro wrestling. But now it's but now it's time to let the wrestling talk for itself as we go to Birmingham, Alabama for another episode of the greatest professional wrestling organization in the world, JWF Monday Night War. The Ruby Grapefruit is real bad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Keep that in. Keep all of that in. <laughs> Blake's, Blake's fail at White Claw makes it in, baby. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night War. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined as always by my partner in crime, Captain T- Tibbs. Tibbs, you're all right. Why are you making that disgusting <sighs> face? So, have you ever drank a, a wit clue? Wit clue? I don't. Is it French? I've never heard of it. It's a hard seltzer. That's right, Tibbs, but. Sills, it tastes like water. <laughs> Well, Tibbs, speaking of hard times, let's talk about... I mean, I'll be honest, we are getting into some hard times, some tough times here in the JWF universe because last week, our champion, Momoa Curry, was rushed to a local medical facility and, Tibbs, it wasn't good. Broken back. I mean, after the attack from Honeypot, Momoa's body was broken. What did you think? Sales, it was... It was devastating, especially because the... Only local medical facility available was a veterinary office. Well, I, I was just, I, I was just so hurt to see my friend there, on the operating table, covered in fur. That, all right, all right, Tibbs. I think you've had one too many of them whitclaws tonight. But of course, let's not forget the attack from Honeypot last week. I mean, that was just the beginning of the end for Momoa Curry. It all started at the excessive force pay-per-view when Momoa Curry faced off against the Dylan, against Felix Ball, and against your son, Chuck Tibbs, in what was a devastating fatal four-way match. And and Tibbs, at some point, I honestly thought your son was going to win that title. Sells it. It really came down to, to two men in the end. It was Momoa Curry, one of the greatest, most longest reigning champions that the JWF has ever seen, one of the most dominant men in this business. And, and my son, who outlasted two other men to go up against Momoa Curry, there's nothing I've been more proud of in my life. That's right, Tibbs, and it, it looks like your son is coming out to the ring right now, looks a little bit disappointed in himself. Let's hear what he's got to say about his match with Momoa Curry. Well, uh, hi, everybody. I, uh, <laughs> well, I tried, I, I guess. You know, I, I tried every little thing I had in my arsenal to take out Momoa Curry, and you know what? I, I was there at the very end against some of the best in this business, and I, I may have outlasted all of them, but... At the end of the day, I, I took on Momoa Curry and I failed. Uh, I know that during that match, I stared into the eyes of a god himself. And I'm not as disappointed as I thought I would be because uh, I, I came out pretty unscathed on the other side, didn't I? <laughs> and, and Momoa Curry, let, let me tell you right now... I. I I know he's not doing too well, and Momoa, I, I, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I need you to have a full recovery. So when you come back, I can face you one-on-one, and I can take that title from you the right way, like I know I can. <laughs> because, Momoa, you, you might have come out just a little bit better than me at excessive force, but after well, what tips. happened, I... It's the- 
It's the music of Felix Ball, Chuck Tibbs' former teacher. He's coming out to the ring. And let's not forget, Felix was the first man eliminated in that fatal four-way match. And he doesn't look happy, Tibbs. Damn it. I'm, don't let him come out. Oh. Well, he's coming out. and He's got a microphone. Let's hear what Ball's got to say. Really? Really? You think you're that good, Boyle? You think you really deserve a shot at the champion one more time, huh? Because let me tell you something. Captain Tibbs, he gave you everything. Every opportunity to win that match. He even gave you his own finishing move, the captain's hook. And you still failed, despite all of that. But for me, for old Felix Ball, it wasn't that easy, was it? No, 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 Tibbs put me in with the Sharks, and all three of your hosers ganged up on me, and you beat me till I was gone. No, you see, for Felix Ball, that wasn't a fatal four-way match at Excessive Force. No, it was a glorified three-on-one handicap match, and everyone in this arena knows that if Felix Ball was to take on each of you goons one-on-one, you all know I'd win. But no... It was a numbers game that night. And that numbers game, well, they weren't they weren't exactly in my favor that night, but tonight I'd say the numbers game are firmly in Felix Ball's corner. Oh my god, Tim's from out of nowhere! The lumberjack just assaulting Cannon and Charlie from behind your son Chuck getting beaten into the mat. This is horrifying! No! I never thought I'd see this again. That's right, the Lumberjack picking Chuck up, going for the Lumberjack slam, but wait a minute. Chuck, Charlie, Charlie reversing it into a captain's hook, wrenching on the leg of the Lumberjack, your boy making you proud, Tibbs. Yeah, he is. There's a reason he took that move, and that's because he does it just as well as his daddy. That's right, but wait a minute, Felix Ball coming in, giving the advantage, like he said, the numbers game taking over as he and the Lumberjack just beat Chuck's face in. Tibbs is absolutely horrifying. Felix calling for the Lumberjack to pick Charlie back up on his feet. What do you think the Canadian crew's going for? No, no way in hell. There's a reason we beat you at WrestleBallo to don't make me come in there. Oh, no, he's got him, Tibbs. Both hands wrapped around the neck of your son, but... Wait a minute. Tibbs, is that... It is! It's the music of the Dylan, the lord of the smart side, rushing out the ringside with a baseball bat. He's chasing away the Canadian crew and Tibbs. Tibbs, I know you're not exactly the biggest fan of him, but it looks like that Dylan has aligned himself with Chuck Tibbs. I never thought I'd see the day. Well, Sills, I, I might be a much bigger fan after tonight seeing this. I'll come around on the Dylan. That's right, Tibbs. I mean, let's not forget the big story going in to their fatal four-way match was the fact that the Dillons seemed to be underestimating Chuck, which allowed him to put him in the captain's hook to get that pinfall victory. And I think I think that night Chuck earned the Dillons' respect. What do you think? You know sells it. After someone's been in a real captain's hook, after they felt like their leg is going to snap in half, I, I found that that could earn some damn respect. That's right. Wait, wait a minute. Tibbs, are you there? It looks, it, it's all cut Ready? now. Tim, 
Well, what are you waiting for, Tibbs? Your champion is broken, beaten, and defeated. His spine has been broken in half, and his soul has been claimed and burned and cleansed by La Flambeau. You have only one option left. Give the title to the man who truly deserves it. Give the title to the Daystar, the father of lies, the ruler of demons. Give the title to Honeypot. It is the last key, the last element that must be in place for my master, for our master, to return and take JWF as his own. The JWF Championship deserves to be ours, Tibbs. You know this. You know you have no other option. My master knows how much you fear him, and he knows the darkness, the wicked places that you had to go to to seal him away the first time, and he knows you're too weak to go there again. You see, those dark places are where my master thrives, Tibbs, and if you know what's good for you, you will turn the title over to us. Because we will not stop at Momoa Curry. No, we will destroy everyone in our way to get that title, whether that be the Hammerman, whether that be the Dylan, even your own son, Tibbs. Give us the belt, and they will be spared. You have no other options. Tibbs, what was what was that all about? Mojo Gruffy just sent a message. It was like it was going straight into my skull. This is horrifying. God, no. No, 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 not who I sell the way. Not who we work to sell. No, sells. Sells. That's worse than I thought. Sells. Oh, God. Oh, God. My failings have come back to haunt me, Sills. I'm sorry. What, well, Tibbs, I gotta note the question on everybody's monitor. Are you gonna cave in? Are you gonna give in? Will La Flambeau be the JWF champion? Sills, listen here. I may have shown that I am feared when it comes to, to these two men and who it seems that they serve, but they have... They have offered me a challenge now, Sills, and that is not something that Captain Tibbs can back away idly from. Captain Tibbs will throw everything he has at his disposal against this evil that is creeping in on the JWF. That is a resounding, eat my ass. Well, Tibbs, strong words there for you, but I mean, who knows? If what La Flambeau's plan goes through, it may not be a good time here in the JWF. And it might not be a good time for you right now, Captain Tibbs, because in the ring right now is the JWF Captain's Champion, the Hammer Man, who is being forced to place his title on the line just 
a few weeks after fighting Honeypot in what was an absolutely brutal match, he's being forced to face one-third of the dynasty, Blake Tanner, in a match that was made last week. Do you think the Hammerhands got it in him? Silves, this is honestly something that I hate to admit it because I love the Hammerman more than life itself. But I had to test himself. I had to see if he could truly live up to be the savior of humanity that I think he is, that I truly believe he is going to be, because Sills, if, if what Mojo Gruff said was true, and if if the real evil is yet to reveal itself, then we're going to need a savior, that, a true savior, a true hero. And that if that's the Hammerman, then he can overcome this challenge like nothing. That's right, and it's one hell of a challenge because not only is Blake Tanner in the ring, he is flanked on both sides by the fellow members of the dynasty. Scotty Moore on one side, Scott Moore on the other. It's going to be a huge challenge for the Hammerman. And, oh, Blake starting off the match with a brutal kick to the gut, laying in shots to the back of the Hammerman. And, Tibbs, let's not forget, I know we're talking about the Hammerman, but Blake Tanner is one of the greatest in-ring singles wrestlers in the JWF. He was one of the longest longest reigning JWF champions of all time in this ring. Blake Tanner is nothing to sneeze at. Not at all, Sills. Of course not. Don't want to, to belay anything that Blake Tanner's ever done, but has he defeated evil? That's right, but wait a minute. The Hammerman, Hammerman with the strength, picking up Blake, rushing him across the ring into that turnbuckle, and now just ramming that shoulder into Blake and now setting him onto the top rope. Looks like Hammerman might be trying to go high risk, maybe going for a, a superplex. But wait a minute. Scott Moore jumping up on the apron, distracting the Hammerman, allowing Blake Tanner to regain his senses. And a beautiful Hurricane Rana sends the Hammerman to the center of the ring. Blake Tanner going for a quick pin. One, two. Oh, and Hammerman kicking out at two. But Blake taking advantage, laying in a few more punches to that cranium, and Blake just pulling on the mask of the Hammerman, disrespecting the heritage of the Hammerman. I mean, Tibbs, let's not forget the Dynasty. They're doing what they do best right now. They're putting in the distractions, and it's allowing Blake to get this advantage. What can the Hammerman do? I honestly don't know, Sills, but if the Hammerman is true and his heart is pure, he will know how to overcome. That is my hope. That's right. Shibata forcing Blake to release from the mask. Hammerman making it his way back to his feet. But wait, Blake, he's got him. He's got him picked up for it. That move that's won him championships before. The beasting dropping the Hammerman straight onto his cranium. Going for that pinfall. One, two, whoa. Hammerman just barely rolling the shoulder over. Blake Tanner looking furious. But wait a minute, Tibbs. I know you're thinking the Hammerman's your boy, but Blake Tanner looks like he is ready to end it. Backing up, getting ready for the Blake out. But wait, Hammerman actually avoiding it and Blake just stomping that foot down and it looks like it's damaged the knee, Tibbs. And Hammerman, Hammerman's got him, locking him in the figure four. Blake Tanner reaching for the ropes, but he's nowhere near him, Tibbs. Do you think Hammerman can win right now? Of course he could. He can win any time he wanted to. He's the man. That's right. A wise move to target the knee after that failed Blake out. It might have stunned the knee area and the Hammerman taking advantage. But, oh, no, Tibbs. Scott Moore, Scotty Moore, the members of the dynasty reaching in the ring, just pulling Blake to the outside. Hammerman looking upset, but 
Not for long as he bounces off the ropes and delivers a beautiful tope suicida to Scott Moore. Scotty Moore, Blake Wisely, though, rolling out of the way and lands a big super kick to the skull of the Hammerman Tibbs. That was a beautiful Ooh. sequence. Right in his face. Oh, no, Hammerman. That's right, Blake rolling Hammerman into the ring, climbing to that top rope, probably setting up for that elbow drop he's known for, but wait a minute, Tibbs. Blake actually doing the pose of the Hammerman cheering with the audience. Do you think he's going for it? He is the hammer leg drop. The Hammerman's patented move just landing it in the center of the ring. Going for the pinfall. One, two. Oh, and he barely gets out, Tibbs. Mmm, big mistake on Blake Tanner's part. That's right, it's hard to beat the innovator of the move, and Blake Tanner looks like he has seen a ghost. He doesn't know what to do, but wait! Hammerman taking advantage, pulling Blake over into a crucifix pin, going for it. One, two, Blake barely getting out, making his way back to his feet, but the Hammerman nails it! The big hammer boot taking down Blake Tanner. And now Hammerman climbing to that top rope, possibly about to show Blake Tanner how that hammer leg drop is really done, but wait a minute! Scott Moore! Scott Moore's on the other side of the ring. He is distracting Shibata. What in the world's he doing? I, I don't know. This is this is illegal. That's right, but wait a minute. On the other side of the ring, don't don't miss out as Scotty Moore jumps and oh my god! Delivers a beautiful springboard SMG to the hammer man who is just falling limp in the center of the ring. Shibata kicking out the dynasty, but I think their work is done as Blake backs up and nails it. The Blake out in the center of the ring, crushing the Hammerman's skull. Going for the pin. One, two, three. And Tibbs, <clears throat> I, I hate to say it, but your boy, the Hammerman, after after copious amounts of distraction from the dynasty has lost his title to that man, Blake Tanner. <laughs> but he's supposed to save his all selves. If, if the hammer man can't be challenged like that, three men trying to distract him, how could he hope to defeat the evil that is... Uh, uh, oh, God. Well, Tibbs, let's not think about that right now. Let's think about this man, Blake Tanner, the brand new JWF Captain's Champion, which, as was stated last week, makes Blake the first ever JWF Triple Crown Champion. He has held the JWF World Title. He's held the Captain's Championship. And not only that, let's not forget, Blake is also the Tag Champion. He's a double champ in this company, Tibbs. But at what cost, Sills? At what cost? That's right. I mean, let's not forget, none of this would have happened if it wasn't for copious amounts of interference from the Dynasty, who, oh my god, are now just going after the Hammer Man, beating him up, kicking him out of the ring, and Tim Scotty Moore, that smug bastard he is, he looks real proud of himself. What do you think? I think that we have more evil in our company than we know how to deal with, Sills. That's right, but Scotty Moore's got a microphone. Let's hear what he's got to say. What did we tell you? What did we tell each and every one of you? If you fight one of us, you fight all of us. Here, let me say it slow. If you fight one of us, you fight all of us. Of us. 
And I hope that everyone here and everyone in the back is realizing that that's a fight you're not gonna win because when you step into this ring against Big Papa Scott Moore against the bad boy Scotty Moore and against the new JWF Captain's Champion Blake Tanner you're stepping up against a dynasty and we will promptly make you bow I'm a bad Joey Janela, the bad boy, the recent AEW signee, coming to the JWF. What in the world's he doing here? Sills, I don't know who that is, but he's the guy who gave me these weak clues. That's right, the White Claw Daddy himself, Joey Janela, coming out, staring down Scotty Moore, and let's not forget. Scotty just called himself the bad boy. Joey is known as the bad boy. Are we seeing a face-off of the bad boys here in the JWF? I love it, Sills. I also want to get back at that little fuck who drugged me. That's right, Tibbs. I'm real mad after drinking these drinks, Sills. I want to fight. Well, Tibbs, in order to find out what happens next between Joey Janela and Scotty Moore, what happens next between the Hammerman, Blake Tanner, what happens next with La Flambeau, you're going to have to tune in next time to JWF Monday Night War. So, Blakey T, it's been one hell of an episode. It might be the longest episode in Fight Boy's history. What did you learn this week? <laughs> I learned never to shit talk how long Dylan goes talking about his pay-per-view experiences because our small indie experiences are even worse. I mean, I was trying over here, buddy. I was really, like, there were moments where you were like, and then this guy came out, and he had a chair, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then the next match, and you're like, and then the chair went through the guy's skull, and I'm like, Blake, stop. Because you know what? You took over in the first half about all this pointless shit. <laughs> and, um, fuck. And I learned that Seth Rollins is digging himself a hole that is getting deeper and deeper every single week. <laughs> and the only man that can cover it? Is that Undertaker? What is it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you were doing like a fucking New- Louisiana New Orleans jazz band version of the Undertaker's thing. It's because it's going to be at the next New Orleans WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, so Dylan can be found on Twitter at Dick and Stormy. Blake, where can they find you? You can find me at Blake8Tanner on the Twitter. You can... Find me at Darkroom Vidya uh, on YouTube if you like video game videos about video games. Hey, you can find me on Bourbon Street, baby. I'm the Bourbon Taker. <laughs> That's actually the most accurate nickname you've ever gotten on this show, the Bourbon Taker. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon. Check out my Fiverr account if you want some work done. And check out all the other BS Network programs online at a load of pure BS.com, ladies and gentlemen. And a special thanks to Mega Ran, our man, for our theme song, Fighters. 
which was the theme song for Fighter Fest, and we straight jacked it. So um, straight jacked it. Rand, tell us if you don't like that. But <laughs> no, hold that, on. To that's be only fair, if you listen. To be fair, Fighter Fest used it without the lyrics. We used the lyric version because we want everybody to hear Mega Rand's voice. Well, the thing is. If Ren listens to this and he doesn't like it, it means he actually listens, so that's still a win. That's still a win, and I could just, like, make a shitty beat and ask him to rap over that, and that could be... <laughs> Fight, boys! And that's it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, remember to support the show, it, uh, why, at this point, uh, either by donating to our Patreon, which is going to have... A special five-minute clip of what happens during JWF when our audio messes up. Yep. So check <laughs> check that also. out. And also check out our merch site, merch.alitapurebs.com, for any awesome Fight Boys merch. And if you can't support us that way, just subscribe, leave us a review, talk to us on Twitter. We love getting feedback from you guys. And as always, you can find us at alitapurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.alitapurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show. White Claw, because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!